Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen? And so are you! <laughs> Again, my beautiful screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets bent. This is episode 68, and tonight, the crapshoot returns, and we're taking a look at a 1978 thriller called Prey, also known as Alien Prey, or as I prefer to call it, Aliens versus Lesbians. And then, listener Tommy is being put up against the wall because the firing squad has been called to arms because he was stupid enough to recommend detention to me. Did I like it? Or is he gonna get a butt full of shot put? And finally, the main feature of the week is Jessica Beale versus the tall man. He's come to take your babies. He's got long legs and he wants your babies. He's the tall man, as he's the tall man. And when I'm rapping, it's time to get the show started right after this super important announcement. Hi, I'm Patrick from the Scream Queens Horror Podcast. And I'm Justin from Mysteria Continues. We're here to talk to you today about the 8th Annual Podcast Awards. The Podcast Awards recognize excellence in the industry in 22 different categories, ranging from business, health, and technology, to comedy, gaming, and sports, and of course, movies and TV, and gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender topics. It's amazing. It really is. But here's the thing. The same people win every, every year. year. They're syndicated. They've got sponsors. They've been around forever. And have thousands of listeners. Us little guys don't stand a chance. It's just not fair. So this year, we're both fighting, fighting back. This year, the hysteria continues. And Spring Queen's horror podcast have joined forces. Formed an alliance. United our fronts. Matron, please. Oh, hush you. See, I thought if we combined the voting force of our fans, we could get both of our shows nominated. In different categories, of course. We might just be able to topple some of these juggernauts who don't have the decency to step aside after all these years. You know, we get it. You're great. You're awesome. Your old hat. Your history. So, here's what you need to do. Head on over to www.podcastawards.com. Nominate The Hysteria Continues for Best Movie and TV Podcast. And nominate Screen Queens for Best GLBT. And you can decide which of us to nominate for the coveted People's Choice Award. You have until October the 15th to get your ballots in. But remember, for nominations, you're only allowed one ballot. Sneak in a second one and they're both disqualified. So don't do that. No, 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 no. Not cool. Totally not cool. But vote now at www.podcastawards.com. And nominate The Hysteria Continues for Best Movie and TV. And Screen Queens for Best GLBT. And for the People's Choice Award. Be sure to nominate The Hysteria Continues. Really, Justin? Is that how it's going to be? You bet it is. Oh, it's on. And now, let's make podcasting Podcasting history. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another exciting episode. Oh, my goodness gracious. It feels like it has been 
months and months and months since I have recorded anything for you, which is not exactly true. It's just that that emergency episode I put out two episodes ago was so short, and then the live episode was out of sequence, and you know, I guess I haven't actually recorded anything for you in a couple of weeks, so I, I, it's been a long time, is what I'm saying, and there's so much to catch you up on. So, now first of all, I just want to get out of the way. There has been so much drama with the website lately. It's been up, it's been down, it's been up, it's been down, it's been up, it's been down. It's been like Carrie Fisher when she can't find her pills. But everything seems to be stabilized now. Mr. Brad has been working on it diligently. It has a whole new look right now. We're still diddling with it to make it absolutely perfect and smurfy. And I think everything's going to be cool from now on. So hopefully all that drama with the hosting company is behind us. I guess we're just too damn popular. No such thing. Anyway, the Halloween season is upon us. So I'm very excited. I'm sure you're very excited. And I... Realized in my past few episodes, I forgot about October completely. And I forgot it has there's haunted houses to go see, and there's all kinds of crazy events in New York, and of course, all these new releases. So I'm giving out homework assignments left and right, and I'm not even taking into consideration about the huge weight of the holiday season burdening down upon us. So, of course, this screws up my entire plan. So, you luck out, though, because I believe I'm going to be doubling up my efforts, or at least doing my damnedest for the month of October to put out an episode a week, maybe just a mini episode, just something or other to keep you guys up to date with what is going on here at Scream Queen Central. We have the entire crew assembled here at SQHQ. I, of course, am here at the microphone. Mr. Brad is over there mixing sound. No, put your legs down, honey. Put your legs down, honey. And, of course... Where would the show be without Sebastian, Cat, and Tyler Puss as, I don't know, backup dancers? But anyway, we're all here in the room, so God knows what's going to be going on during this chatter section. Because, child, there's so much to catch you up on. And if I sound like I'm a little on edge, it's probably because I am. Because guess what, kids? I finally quit smoking. Yep, I finally took the plunge. Yeah, I know I was supposed to start this program with the with NYU for acupuncture. But they just keep putting it off. They keep moving my date. I'm supposed to go in for an appointment on the 11th of October. And that's just for checkup. I don't know when the treatment's going to start after that. And the thing is, to be eligible for the treatment, you have to keep smoking at least 10 cigarettes a day. And I'm thinking another three weeks of smoking 10 cigarettes a day, I'm going to murder myself because I just can't stand it anymore. But then out of the blue, a savior rose. Out of the mist, a shadowy figure came in, appeared to me. A halo of light behind her head and said, Patrick, 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 my... She did not say, put your legs down, Bradford. She said, Patrick, Patrick, my love, here. I bring this for you. This will help you in your quit process. And there was this chorus of... In the background. It was very Agnes of God, is what I'm saying. And it turned out, the gift was one of those e-cigarettes... You know, the the, the the electronic cigarettes. And it's been helping. Yes, I'm still getting my nicotine, but the, my it's so complicated to put together and it's such a hassle to load the damn thing that by the time I actually want a drag off of it, I'm tired. So it's some negative re- reinforcement. And plus, you know, just putting it together was... Because apparently they don't give instructions with any of these things. How to put them together, how to load them, nothing. But anyway, fortunately, my savior was there to guide me through the entire process. To point me in the right direction. To tell me what videos to watch. And by the way, woman of saviorhood, i got to tell you, these instructional videos have this weird fetishistic quality to them that was not appealing. 
It's like, yeah, you soak the cartridge in this, and you load it up, and then you hit the button, and you just start dragging it. Yeah, take a good long hit. Slow exhale. Yeah, look at that smoke. Look at those curls of smoke. Yeah, take another drag. And all of a sudden, I was very uncomfortable. But that much said, what amongst you went above and beyond shelled out her own money to give me this gift of an electronic cigarette and better future health. And for that, you, Badger Angel, are the Scream Queen of the Week. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And as for the tiara, I just can't. I just can't. I'll sing you a song. How about this? My name is Badger Angel. I gave Patrick an e-cigarette. It was a... Be quiet, Bradford. I'm being intensely, intensely creative right now. I thought I'd win Scream Queen of the Week, but no tiara I get. I got the I'm Badger Angel, and I ain't got no tiara blues. I said again. I said I gave him the gift of hell, and all he gave me was a wear for Bradford's shoes. Dum 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 Because for those of you who are new listeners, you have to understand... Yes, the prize for winning Scream Queen of the Week is a tiara, but you can never have it. You win it, but you just can't have it because it's, they're mine. All of them are mine. You can go and buy your own. doesn't matter. They're still mine. It's very complicated. It's a gay thing you wouldn't understand. Moving on. So I've been working quite a lot. It's been busy, busy, busy here, which has also been making recording difficult because, you know, I've been getting some movie work. I got some TV work. I've had audition, 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 callback, 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 callback. I'm in another play series. So this is great. This is really cool. So the first movie I worked on was a movie called, is a movie, I should say, called The Angriest Man in Brooklyn. And they called me like, okay, we just need to do one line, you know, do background work for the rest of the day. I said, sure, sure, sure. That's great. And I know nothing about it going in. And, of course, we're shooting in Brooklyn, and we're on the street, and Gossip Girl is filming across the street, and we hate them. We hate them. They're all over there in their Prada suits and their designer gowns and eating their designer, you know, gourmet craft services food, looking like they own the world. But you know what? Fuck you. You're not even on a real network. So anyway, not the point right now. I go, we're, we're shooting in front of this fake electronics store. You know, it's just really a storefront. It's just been set up. And, you know, I go inside because it's a little bit rainy. I go inside, you know, just to say hi to the crew. I know somebody on the crew. I'm like, hey, good morning. They're like, fuck you. It's 6.30 in the morning. I'm like, why, why are you so chipper? And I said, ah, just to piss you off. And they said, yeah, we missed you, Patrick. Anyway, behind the counter of this electronic store, you know, I'm saying hi to everybody like you do on set. Uh, behind the counter is this older African-American man. And, you know, small, little stumped, gray, uh, stooped rather than gray. And I just said, good morning, and I walked past him, and then he said good morning back, except when I heard his voice, like, my knees went out from underneath me. Like, my brain did not make the association between the man and the voice, but my nervous system shut down when I heard, good morning. Because the old black man behind the counter was James Earl Jones. Except my mind didn't process it like that. My mind processed that, like, whipped around, I saw him, and I'm like, it took all my it took all my restraint not to just look at him and go, James Earl motherfucking Jones, motherfucker. But I didn't because there's Robin Williams and I'm actually doing my scene with Robin Williams and it was great. It was a good day. It was a long day. Well, we shot the first half of the movie in the first half of the scene rather on the street in Brooklyn and then I got to go on a bus which I rode all afternoon with Mila Kunis who is delightful by the way, delightful. 
And since it was, you know, we were driving around just doing the scene just wherever the hell we are, and it, it was funny. The guy who's sitting next to her, this guy, I, I, I had my eyes on him all day because he just was screaming, douche. You know, he just got out of from L.A. He's like 21, and he's just so damn eager, you want to slap him. Somebody asked him, like, oh, yeah, you just got out here from L.A.? Like, yeah, how long have you been here? He's like, oh, you know, a couple of weeks. I'm like, well, how are you? Uh, just curious, how old are you? And he goes, my range is 25 to 30. This is what you're supposed to say to casting people. You're not supposed to give your real age to casting people for whatever reason because it doesn't matter what how old you are. It matters how old you look like. You know, they don't care if you're you know 35, but if you look 16, that's what's important, right? Whatever. And I just looked at him. I'm like, spoken like a true actor. And I realized I was hanging out with Mr. Brad. I've been hanging out with Southern people like Mr. Brad too much because it sounded like a compliment, but oh boy, it wasn't because I'm like, you are a douche. And then he proved it on the bus because he was sitting right next to Mila Kunis and he started hitting on her. Like normally you're not supposed to talk to the stars at all because they have a process or whatever, but she was really laid back and really cool and just fucking gorgeous. So a lot of times you see the women of, of Hollywood in person and you're like, ooh, that's painted on and you are really skinny. You're too skinny. You're all bones and ew, all like harsh angles and your head's too big. Everybody in Hollywood has these really big heads. But she had a normal size head and she just seemed like someone I'd be going having a beer with, which is awesome. But she, this guy turns to her and he goes, so um, congratulations on your um, um, acting career and she just gave him like the, the slow head turn slowly I turn step by step she looked him in the face she looked him up she looked him down and goes thanks rolled her eyes and turned back to whoever she was talking to but did that stop him no because she was talking about cats because the scene involves a cat her cat has just died spoiler alert sorry and she's crying on the bus about it. And he's like, yeah. Uh, uh, and, uh, she was saying that she didn't really like cats. She like, in casual conversation, you know, she was just like, you know, it's just weird to be crying about a cat because I can't stand cats. I've always been a dog person. And he's like, yeah, I bet she's got one of those little lap dogs that girls always like. And again, the slow turn, she's just like, excuse me? Did you just make an entire? Did you just make a sweeping generalization for my entire gender? Oh, since I'm a girl, I'm supposed to have a little lap dog that I can carry in a purse, and I'm supposed to like pink and sequins and everything like that. I said, and she just lambasted him for like three minutes, and I was like, oh damn, no, you didn't. And I'm thinking, oh my god, you douche, you just got told out by Meg. Meg just read your cards right here on the bus, and then she told me I had a hole in my pants, which I did. Uh, I had ripped my jeans that morning, putting them on to get on the bus. They just ripped, little rip at the uh, top of the leg, under the butt. And I'm standing right in front of her. You know, I, the, the bus is crowded, so I'm standing right in front of her. And she just goes, hey, did you know you have a hole in your pants? And I gave her a slow turn. Slowly I turned, step by step, inch by inch. And I said, what you doing looking at my ass, Mila Kunis? And she was like, ooh girl and we got along for the rest of the day but you know that's all that i also worked in some new show called zero hour is that what it was called yeah and it stars anthony edwards you know from er but to me he's always going to be from the revenge of the nerds so it took all day it took it took again all of my restraint all night long to just not look at him every time i passed him in the street during the scene and just go nerd 
Because that's what my brain was doing. I just heard Uncle Randy and Brian from Drunken Zombie going, NERD, in my head. But I said, I don't want to get fired. So Bradford and I got to go to the theater a couple of weeks ago, and we saw this new play called If There Is, I Haven't Found It Yet. What the title means, I have no idea. But it starred Jake Gyllenhaal. Ooh, dreamy. Ooh, dreamy. And it was not very good. And I'm not going to talk about it at all. And you're like, oh, thank God. I'm so bored of you already. And I say, fuck you. Fuck you. This is podcasting gold right here because this is where it's about to get interesting. So this is a one-act play. Doesn't really matter, but I peed twice while I was there. I peed once before the play and once after the play. You know, dainty and ladylike. And both times, I got to the urinal, turned to my right, and there was John Bernthal, who plays Shane on The Walking Dead. So I ran into him at the urinal twice. Not once, twice. And it occurred to me at that moment... How many interesting people I've met at the urinal? I don't know what it is about me and what attracts celebrities to me while I'm at the urinal, but it just seems to happen. It all started, I know you all know this, at Horror Hound Weekend, several years in a row, where every time I went to the, the men's room, poof, Doug Bradley from Hellraiser, you know, Pinhead from Hellraiser, would appear next to me. And it was giving me a crisis because I'm thinking, I, you know, it was cute for a while, but then it was starting to freak me out. Like, Leave me alone, Doug Bradley. Play with, I don't want to play with your box right now, okay? I'm trying to pee. And earlier on, I, I, I met Martin Short at a urinal when I saw the Silence of the Lambs musical back when it was at the Fringe five years ago. And I looked at him and I went, and I had to control myself to not say something like, <laughs> to look at his pee-pee and say, what's in the name, Martin? Because <laughs> that wouldn't have gotten me anywhere in life. But even, that was the first time I met a, a celebrity at a urinal. And at the time, I'm like, do you say something? Do you say hi? What do you do? It's like, well, you can't offer to shake hands right now because that would be gross. Unless you're Bradford. He's into that sort of thing. But he's out of the room right now, so I can say that. Hi, honey. <laughs> anyway. And then later on, it was Kane Hodder at the urinal. And then I talked about, uh, what, who was who that? Who was that? Martin, uh, Alan Thicke from Growing Pains. I was peeing with him at the... Make his Python versus Gatoroid premiere. And God, it just, it just so many celebrities with their dicks out. It, oh, and I forgot. What's his name? God, God, I never told this story. Years ago, I used to work on Law & Order SVU. And, you know, <laughs> I worked a lot as a corpse in the morgue. You know, they just needed somebody who was usually skinny and pale to get painted blue and lay in the morgue and was able to hold a straight face. While Chris Maloney and Mariska Hargitay cracked jokes and tried to make you crack up while you were on camera. Because that's what they do. They're both very big practical jokers, which was fun. So I got to know both of them somewhat well. You know, they'd be like, hey, dead guy, how's it going? You know, that one season I was on maybe five or six times, so they got to know me. Because they were always trying to get me to crack up, and they never did. And so this one time I'd gotten, you know... It's like 5.30 in the morning, it was call, and I'm in the men's room, and then in walks Chris Maloney, and he's like, hey, dead guy, how you doing? I'm like, hey, Chris, how's it going? And he's peeing next to me, and he goes, so, dead guy, you're not going to try to sneak a peek at my 10-inch Italian sausage? And I just froze all these thoughts going through my mind. What can I say that's not going to get me fired? I can't exactly go over and say, yes, yes, I would like to see your Italian sausage, Chris Maloney. No, that would not be good. I mean, it would be good, but I mean, it would not be good. I'm like, it's just, I, I, it was too early in the morning and I had not had coffee yet. What came to me, came to me like a lightning bolt. And I, I looked at him and I said, no, thank you, Chris. You know, I used to watch Oz all the time. So I've seen your Italian sausage and 
I just know how the camera always adds 10 pounds to things, and I'll just be disappointed. He was like, oh, damn! I was like, that's right, don't fuck with me. I'm the dead guy. Oh, my God, I want a cigarette so bad right now. See that talking about big dicks? <laughs> Makes me want to smoke. Well, everything right now makes me want to smoke. So just bear with me today, kids. I don't know how this episode might be kind of rambly and kind of unfocused because I all I can think about is cigarettes. No, it's cigarettes and big dicks, but that's not the point right now. Okay, you know what? I've been rattling on long enough. I can't think of anything else to talk about. And plus, I've got a whole bunch of shows coming up this month, so anything I forget, I'll catch up with you then. So let's just play some music and get the show going. Isn't that right, Bradford? That's right. That's right, he said. Okay. Everybody up and do your Halloween, Halloween. Everybody up and do your Halloween thing. Everybody up and do your Halloween thing. When you hear the gun say no, Monster, monster, everybody march like the monsters do. Everybody march like the monster, monster, when you hear the gong say no. Dance up on your toes like a fairy, fairy. What? Excuse me? Fuck you! Oh, I cannot believe this woman. You come on here on my show and start spouting all the shit about fairies dancing around on our toes like we all do. Bitch, you all know. You want to know that we... No, you don't boo me right now. No, we flit around the room. Fairies flit around the room. We do not dance on our toes. What the hell was that? Yeah, boo you. Boo you up your ass. Shut up, reference. Hold on to your pampers, bitch asses. It's time for the crap shoot. <laughs> Paul. 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 For those of you who are new to the show, the crapshoot is the segment of the program where I dive headfirst into that vast sea of direct-to-DVD horror movie releases in search of that diamond in the shit pile. Although, this week is a little bit different because I didn't seek this movie out. This movie found me. Allow me to explain. So, I got a DVD in the mail... You know, from Netflix, of course. And when I opened up the envelope, I looked at the title on the DVD, and it meant absolutely nothing to me. So I read the description. And I said, why on earth did I put this in my queue? I haven't the foggiest idea. Now, this is one of the joys of Netflix, especially when you're someone like me, and my queue is maxed out at all times. I have always got... 500 movies in there. Some of them will never see the light of day. Some of them will never, ever arrive in my mailbox because they're just buried that deep and they keep getting shuffled around because they're not that important. 
So if something makes it to the top of my queue after sitting in there for who knows how long, it's quite an accomplishment. Some of you listeners might not have been alive for the amount of time this DVD might have spent in my Netflix queue. That is how epic an arrival like this is. And also, it's kind of a mixed bag of surprises because I don't remember why I put it in there. Something must have called to me. So, I sit myself down and I'm wide open for anything. It might be a treat. It might be a complete fluke. It might have been some passing whim. There was some reason I put it in there. And now whatever that reason has gotten by, you never know. So, the movie I received is called Prey from 1978. Now, it's not The Prey, which was that, you know, mountain camping, I'm not really Friday the 13th, but I sort of am slasher movie. It's spelled the same way, but it's not that Prey. Nor is it this Prey. Nor is it this prey. 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 Three days gone by. And four days gone by. That one was for you, Sater. Aren't I cute? But instead, it's a British sci-fi movie about an alien invasion, sort of. You know what? Let's listen to the trailer, okay? Of course okay. It better be okay, because it's what we're doing. Kato to command ship. Command ship. I am now in orbit. Proceed with mission. UFOs, fact or fiction? Space explorers are figments of the mind. <coughs> Made contact with human life forms. New identity established. Are aliens already amongst us? Command ship. Command ship. Their immediate reaction aggressive. to take terminal action. Continue with mission. Why? Are they here? Success of total operation essential. For a million years, man was the hunter. Now, he is the prey. Prey. Certificate X. Ooh, Certificate X, that's some serious business. Now, Prey, or Alien Prey, as it was also released as, is the story of this country house sort of in the middle of nowhere, somewhere in the UK. Now, it's inhabited by Jessica, who's this lovely young girl, and she seems kind of like an innocent. You know, it's her house, but her parents have died, and now she lives there with the former caretaker of the house, Joe. This woman named Joe. Now... As the story progresses, we discover that they are lesbian lovers. And there's nothing wrong with that, except Joe is stark raving mad. She's really super possessive. She hates men violently, and she may or may not have been bumping people off to get Jessica alone because she doesn't let Jessica go anywhere. But Jessica's so innocent, she just thinks it's love. Now, one night, all of a sudden, there's these strange lights in the sky. And then we see this... We see point-of-view shots of something creeping through the forest, and the something creeps up on a pair of young lovers in their car, and the man, the young man, gets out to pee, you know, like you always do in horror movies, and while he's out there, he's attacked by whatever this monster is. Oh, no, 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 no. But aside from just killing this poor young man, this this alien assumes 
his identity. I don't know if he took his body or whatever he did. It doesn't really make sense exactly what happened, but now the alien looks like this young man. The young man returns to the car, kills the young girl, and throughout the course of the next day or so, somehow manages to wind up at the country estate with Jessica and Joe. Now, if you're expecting an alien attack movie, you're not getting in here. Because let me tell you something, this movie is not good. Hold on a second, though. It's not good. It's extremely low budget. It's extremely slow, like glacier slow. And some of the continuity things are just strange. And music is grating and annoying, but here's the thing. I was fascinated. I couldn't turn this movie off. And not like it was so bad, it's great kind of a way. Because I was getting something other than I expected. I was expecting this alien invasion movie. So yes, this guy winds up at the country state. I'm like, oh, he's going to stalk them and kill them or whatever. No, no. He befriends them sort of because Jessica finds him and he seems to be sort of an innocent as well. He doesn't really understand anything that's going on. He speaks English, but of course he's confused. He doesn't seem to like any of the food I like this. She asks him, it's really kind of clever to see how, you know, this innocent girl is grilling him for information. And he's answering kind of by just repeating what she says and she takes it as an answer. So she says, so where are you from? From? Are you from London? I'm from London. Oh, I love London. So that kind of a thing. So she's just blah. She doesn't really get it. And... She kind of adopts him in a weird sort of way. She's, I guess he has got an open invitation to stay at the country house. I don't really understand any of this. Maybe it's a different era. Maybe it's, you know, a different sensibility in Europe. You know, if somebody just wanders onto your state, they can just stay there for an indeterminate amount of time. Now, let me tell you, none of this is sitting well with Joe. This is kind of one of the problems I have with the movie because this had... Whenever he had a gay character in a movie, like before, the, in, the, in the 70s and before... Almost, almost always, the gay or lesbian or, you know, transvestite character was always either the buffoon or some kind of depraved maniac or pervert. And Joe is clearly a depraved maniac. This woman is hanging on by a thread. And she is not happy that there is a man in her house, or as she says, male. I hate males. Just like a male. But the thing is, now you've got this weird love triangle in which one of them is an alien and he's occasionally eating birds and foxes and shit out in the woods and leaving bodies around. And the other one is a knife-happy, control-freak, bulldike, lesbian maniac. I did not know where this was going. I can't exactly recommend this movie, but there's a curious sort of chess game going on between the alien and Joe for the love of Jessica, we think. We don't know what Anders wants. Yes, he goes by the name Anders now. That was the name of the kid that he ate when he got there. And so when Jessica asks him his name, his name, he says, Anders. And she goes, what's your second name? And he said, Anders. And she says, oh, Anders, Anders. Isn't that curious? I'm like, oh, Lord, this girl is dumb. But there's some... There's two sex scenes in this, one girl on girl, one girl on guy. Both of them made me so incredibly uncomfortable. A lot of this movie made me uncomfortable. In a good way. Like, this guy, like I said, isn't innocent to a degree. They decide to have a party. Just the three of them. And Joe's not having any of this. So she realizes he's kind of stupid. So she dresses him in women's clothing and puts makeup on him. 
And he doesn't seem to notice at all. He doesn't seem to care. It's this very weird scene. Very, very weird scene. And the weirdness that, that continues throughout the, the film is why I liked it. Of course, there's lots to make fun of, like the fact that the alien is British. And he was British, actually, before he ate poor Anders because you heard him raiding to radioing to his mothership, and the mothership answered in perfect British English as well. I said, that's interesting. You've been monitoring, you know enough English to talk to each other, but when it comes to talking to anybody else, you don't know what's happening. But you know what? I just want to list some good things, bad things about this movie. Okay, Andrews, the alien, he's blank. You know, he speaks in a monotone. His face never shows much expression, but I liked him. I kind of appreciated this fish out of water thing with him. And also, maybe it's because of a shot in the 70s. Maybe it was because he had a ridiculous 70s haircut. But he reminded me of this show from my childhood, this BBC series called The Tomorrow People. Now, The Tomorrow People was a show about, and it was a half-hour sci-fi show for kids, and it was about the next generation of human evolution, and they could teleport, and they had telepathy, and things like that, and they got into all kinds of sci-fi adventures, like this one time where these bubbles from outer space came, and they turned themselves into ugly jumpsuits, and people who bought the jumpsuits became, you know, controlled by the aliens. And, you know, anything where, where giant bubbles chase people down the street going, absorb, absorb. It's a great show by me. I'm totally off point, but you know what? This movie reminded me of that. Bad thing. There's a scene in here that's so stupid. Anders wanders into the duck pond because he's trying to eat a swan, but he doesn't realize that water is water and you fall through it. You don't, it's not solid. So he, does, of course, doesn't know how to swim, so he's drowning. And so the two girls have to dive in and save him. And it's this, and he's panicking while they're trying to save him. This scene is shot in slow motion and it probably goes on for three hours. The slow motion struggling. And at first I thought it was kind of interesting because I'm going, oh, okay, is Joe trying to drown him during this too? Because it looked like she was trying to hold him down rather than save him. I'm like, that's really interesting. But then about 12 minutes later, I said, okay, I have now seen that this is just keep repeating itself on a loop. And I have now realized that this pond is about two feet deep. And this is just getting sillier as it goes along. But it keeps going along. It goes along and it goes along and it goes along. Joe, the lesbian, the crazy lesbian, has some amazing freakouts that come out of nowhere. Just all of a sudden she's like, Loses her temper and just starts screaming. And you're going, what does this girl Jessica see in you, Joe? I realize she's stupid as a rock. Now, these things are amusing and annoying at the same time because she is kind of like Nomi from Showgirls. You know, those weird kind of, she'd be like, <laughs> she'd be like I'm a dancer! Ah, start kicking everything around the room and <laughs> that sort of temper tantrum. She's also got this really wicked switchblade. It's huge. The first time it comes out, I'm like, damn. Joe is not messing around. Does it ever get used? No. There's a rule in directing and scene design. I forget who said it. Let's just say it was Chekhov. It's like you don't put a shotgun over the fireplace on a set unless somebody's shooting it by the end of Act 3. So you, you have this great weapon that never gets used. It keeps coming out, and you're like, oh, something really great is going to happen with the switchblade. Something real. No. 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 But you know what? I liked it. You'll probably hate it. But if you like quirky 
offbeat British movies that aren't exactly horror movies, kind of thrillers, and actually it ended in a way I did not see coming at all. So that was good too, but The Prey... Don't hate me if you don't like it. If you think you won't like it, don't watch it. I can't take this kind of responsibility. Okay? Goodbye. Until we know more about these bubble skins or whatever they are, I want you to take those jumpsuits off and not put them back on again. Take them off? Well, you can't be serious. We're deadly serious. Mike, this is no time for being silly. Take them off, please. It is the most upsetting thing that you ask. There. You've upset Su Tsai. Well, why should we take them off? I can give you one reason straight away, Mike. Look how strangely you started to behave since you wore those jumpsuits. If there's anyone been behaving strangely around here, it's them. Isn't that right, Sue Tai? Well, isn't that right, Tim? Since you ask, Mike, I have to say that John, Elizabeth and Andrew appear to be reacting with quite understandable anxiety. So you're on their side. You and them are against us, ganging up on us. It is true. You are not being very nice, Mike or me. We like our Barbara skin suit. Barbara skins like us. Well, they wouldn't like it if we took them off. That is right. They would not be happy anymore. The bubble suits belong to you three are very unhappy that you refuse to wear them. Are well, you both talking nonsense? Yes, of course they are, Andrew. They're acting under the influence of those bubble skin suits they're wearing. Mike suit tie, you've got to take them off. No way. What you ask is not possible, John. It would upset the bubbles if we took them off. To hell with upsetting the bubble suit tie. What about upsetting us, your friends? Doesn't that matter? Please, John, we can't. Come on, Sue Tai. Where do you think you're going, Mike? Nowhere that's any business of yours. Please, Mike, Sue Tai, be sensible. In your present state of mind, I can't allow you to go anywhere. How are you going to stop us? With this, if I have to, Mike. John, you've killed them! This is a stun gun. Quite harmless, quite painless. Against us. We must. Right, well, we'll just take off these bubble skin jumpsuits. It's easy to be the cause of the trouble. And then we'll bring them around again. That's strange. It's stuck to him. It's stuck to his skin. Suit eyes the same. So it's part of them. It's their skin. Let me examine them. skin does seem to be becoming part of him. The process is far from complete. We must try and stop it if we can. Well, quick, Tim. What do we do? No panic, Elizabeth, for a start. What do you need, Tim? Put him on the Medipro couch. has done it. It was much harder that time, as though the bubble skin on Sutai knew somehow what had happened to the one on Mike, and it had almost managed to work out a way to resist the treatment. But that's incredible. I know, but it happened. If I hadn't turned up the power to the point where it could have injured Sutai, the skin might have won. I think there's danger that treatment might fail completely if we try to use it another time. 
For one thing's for sure, whatever these really are, they're not just trendy new clothes designed by the Bubbleskin Fashion Company. Masters, tell me what to do. They will come here. We shall be waiting. So quite some time ago, listener Tommy recommended a movie to me in his voicemail. He said he had seen it at, well, I don't know, some damn-ass Canadian film festival, and that it was, it was really great, and then I should check it out as soon as it came out on DVD. Well, it's out, and the movie is called Detention, and it's a horror comedy slasher sci-fi bit of craziness, and well, it's hard to describe, so maybe the trailer can help make sense out of it, okay? Okay! Actually, before we do that, I almost forgot we have a little bit of business to attend to, Tommy. Now, those of you who've been listening for a while know that when a listener recommends a movie to me, they are, in fact, putting their neck out. Taking a stand. Putting themselves up against the wall. Because if you recommend a movie to me, and I don't like it, (laughs) well, there's hell to pay. Did I like detention? Only time will tell. Tick tock. I just mean that it looks like Clapton's gonna ask Ione, which makes about as much sense as that stupid movie Torque. Give me your iPod, salad eater. Life sucks. Forget about genocide, poverty, and political corruption. What could possibly be on my girl mind other than prom? Who gave Riley the permission to have the hots for Clapton? What does the future hold for Clapton Davis? If you're gonna get your limbs ripped off by the school gorilla, find a more worthy charity than Ione. <laughs> Thank God that's not me. Ione is an old soul trapped in a very painfully hot cheerleader body. Captain Davis, you are more concept than reality. Your classmate, Taylor Fisher, was murdered in her bedroom this morning. I was just attacked. Sure you were, honey. Are you guys accusing me of something? There's a killer in Grizzly Lake who is affiliated with people at my school. Detention is in the library. It goes from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. That's right through prom. It can't be any of us. We're not anguished enough. Our generation has had no major struggles. What about 9-11? Afghanistan. Katrina. Heath Ledger. What? Too, too soon. <laughs> this attacker you're describing, Ms. Jones? Sounds just like that horror film. Cinderella. Scream. It's not the end of the world. It's just high school. Taught you how to make a snuff porno, Lady Gaga. 
So Detention is the story of a girl, and this girl's name is Riley Jones. Now she attends school at Grizzly Lake High School, and everything is just super swell until all of a sudden her classmates start to get murdered by someone who's dressing like Cinderella. And Cinderella is a character in a horror movie that's playing at the theaters right now. Except it's not about that either, because there's also this time machine that's really a stuffed bear and did you know what i can't even wait anymore i can't wait anymore tommy get against the wall assume the position right now because yeah they leaked it over at the hysteric continues podcast they leaked the fact that i hated this movie let me tell you something tommy My listeners have been screaming ever since I introduced the Firing Squad section of the show. They've been dying to hear someone fall prey to the squad of men standing right behind me. Their weapons cocked. But all of my other listeners who made a suggestion to me had the common sense to suggest I watch a movie with a coherent plot and likable characters and a decent script. Something that wasn't completely obnoxious. So I gotta tell you, Tommy, they're hungry. They're hungry for some action. The firing squad is hungry for some action. They've got their fingers on their triggers and they are ready to shoot. And lastly, I'm hungry for you. Because Tommy, I fucking hated this movie! Wait, that was it? Seriously. That was it. It has been months and months of build-up to our first firing squad execution, and that was it? Oh, no. Oh, fuck this. Let me in there. Take that. Take that, you son of a bitch. Take it. Take it all. Take it. Anybody else? Anyone else want to turn? Get in here. Get in here. Yeah, I can take it. Yeah, Tommy. Yeah, Tommy. Squeal like a bitch. Squeal like a bitch, Tommy. Oh, get out of the way. I'm going in. Well, how does one follow that up? Tommy, this movie was bad. I know you saw it at a film festival circuit, and I realize that things have that certain glow when you see it at a convention of some sort, but outside? This movie had ADD like nobody's business. It was all over the place, and not even in a good way. I couldn't keep a storyline going for more than five minutes, and even then it would keep wandering off. Even that might have been okay had the characters not all been completely obnoxious. From top to bottom, no pun intended, the entire cast was obnoxious. And the weird thing was, and this is a fault of the writing, they were all identical forms of obnoxious. They all had the exact same voice. They spoke in the exact same way with the exact same tone. So if you don't respond to that kind of humor, you're fucked. Because there's no variation on it throughout. 
And um, I, 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 this is something I noticed. These kids in this movie, for some reason, are obsessed with the movie 1992. Obsessed with it. Now, I realize that's probably when, you know, I don't know, they were born, I guess. So it's got that weird kind of nostalgia like the 70s has for some of us. But I, the thing is, they're so obsessed with it. I mean, they reference it constantly. And then they finally travel back in time to 1992. And it's this weird jerk-off letter to 1992 that I have to say this is hipster horror. They don't seem to be picking on it because they love it. They seem to be picking on it because it's not cool. It's so not cool that it's cool. And that's the definition of hipster. So Tommy, you, 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 you recommended hipster horror to me. And you said, oh, it's got everything. It's got, you know, serial killers and time travel and bears and blowjobs. And yes, it does have all of those things, except I don't remember the blowjob. I watched this twice, Tommy, looking for my blowjob. You promised me a blowjob, Tommy. I want my blowjob. Now, when I heard Joe... Joseph talking about this movie on the Hysteria Continues podcast, I was shocked when I heard he hated it and vehemently hated it. And I thought, oh, well, you know, he's, he's, he's a heterosexual. Maybe, maybe he's just not as hip as the, well, not, so is Tommy, of course, but allegedly. But, you know, maybe he's missing that comic gene. Maybe he didn't have that edgy thing that was going on. In it. So I still went in with it with a big, wide, open mind. And within minutes, I was screaming for this movie to be over because it's just, it's like a drill in the head. And the fact that it can't stay focused, I felt like I needed Ritalin to follow this movie. So maybe you younger folks will like it. It seems to be a generational rift for the people that like this movie and the people that don't. You know, and even before the opening credits, you know, there's this girl who's, narrating like clueless style, like screaming into the camera about how, and screaming at her family about how great she is and how whatever and this, and how to be great like her. And so there's, it's loud, it's obnoxious. And also there's subtitles and like English subtitles and English, English subtitles. And it was like, okay, okay, I can't process all of this at once. It's just going too fast. I guess I'm just too old for this movie or this movie's just too stupid for me. And the thing, too, they, they, they try this thing, they have everybody talking really quickly, so it comes across as banter, but the thing is, yeah, the shows do this, like, what was that show, The Gilmore Girls, where everybody talks more quickly than normally, and it's somewhat stilted kind of speak. When I watch that show, I'd be like, oh my god, how are these people being so witty so quickly? Where in this, I'm like, wow, you people are talking really fast and saying absolutely nothing. So fuck this movie, fuck detention, fuck everything. If you're looking for a coherent plotline, go watch anything else, like anything else. Go watch, like, go stare at your blank TV screen for a while, because that will make a hell of a lot more sense than this and probably believe you have less of a headache. So there. So Tommy, thank you so much for the suggestion. I did enjoy firing all over you. Now... Pick up your pants and get out. And now for something a lot less rapey. When I was just a little boy girl, I asked my mother, what would I be? Will I wear makeup? Will I do drag? And drive a pink caddy? Mary Kay Sarah. Whatever you'll be, whatever you'll be. Just don't look more glam than me, Mary Kay Sarah. 
I asked my mother one more time, I have no talent, what should I be? She said, go into movies, dye your hair blonde, and smile insipidly. Doris Day, Sarah, she can't sing or act, you see. So Rock Hudson's beard she'll be. Doris Day, Sarah. The main feature I want to talk about this week is the new release starring Jessica Biel called The Tall Man. Let's just dive right into it and take a listen to the trailer. Yes? Hey, sweetheart. That's a beautiful song. So The Tall Man is the story, well, I was going to say it's the story of Jessica Biel, but that's not really true. It's the story of this little town in rural Washington. And this town is dying. It was booming once upon a time, but now the mine has closed up, the economy died, and people are moving away. It's just dying this slow, painful death. You know, the people are poor, they can't afford to leave, and as if this wasn't bad enough... Their children are being taken. Every two months or so, another child disappears from this town without a trace, never to be found again. This has been going on for quite some time. It's like clockwork, the sheriff says. Every two months, poof, the tall man gets another one. Wait, what? Who? The tall man? Yeah, these disappearances are being claimed on someone they're calling the tall man. Some people claim to have seen him, but still nothing is known about him. No clues are ever found when the children disappear, but the stories of the tall man persevere. Is he real? Is he not real? Is he human? Or is he something else? That's the question that's posed by this movie. Now, in this town lives Jessica. Now, she's a nurse, uh, the only medical professional in the town. Her husband used to be the town doctor, but he has passed away. So she's trying to keep things going as long as there are people there 
and running this practice, and she's not being very well accepted by the town. They loved her husband. Her husband was apparently the glue that held the town together, and without him, it's just one other thing that's falling apart. This place is just tragic. We meet Jessica Beal. She's raising a young child, a little boy, and you know, based on the conversations that you hear at the diner, that tick-tock, tick-tock, it's almost time for the tall man to come again. And lo and behold, he does. And this time he comes for her boy. Now, I was hesitant to even talk about this. First of all, I was surprised to find it on Netflix Instant Watch because I thought it was in the theaters like a month ago. Maybe it was just a limited release here in the city, here in New York. I don't know, but there it was. I didn't have much interest in seeing it. I saw the trailers and I figured, I know where this is going. You know, you see, you know, Jessica Biel and the boy and then the tall man breaks in the window and then they run and she goes after him. It looks like it's going to be this crazy chase, her trying to get her child back from the tall man. You know, she's hanging on the back of his van and screaming and everything. No. The trailer isn't a lie. It's a huge misdirect because that's maybe the first half hour of the movie. About a half hour in, everything changes. It becomes a completely different movie. And whether or not you enjoy that movie, well, I can't tell you. Because, first of all, this is not a horror movie. This is a mystery. It's not even a mystery thriller. It's a mystery. Because it, for a good majority of the film, you're not sure what the hell is going on. Because you're thinking, okay, it's the tall man. No, it's definitely a person because he's driving. But wait a minute. The townspeople seem to be in cahoots about something. But wait a minute. What's going on now? And I have to commend them. The screenwriter added this shocking plot device at that half hour, 45 minutes point. And before you could even fully process that, wrap your head around what was going on there, bang, they hit you with another one. And that's when I said, okay, you've got me because I don't know where we're going. I'm on for the ride, but I don't know where we are. And in that case, I think the movie's rather masterful. I really enjoyed this. I did not expect to. Of course, I went in with low expectations. Like I said, if you're going in expecting a horror movie, you're going to hate this. I can't really talk about it because I don't want to spoil anything. But I do want to say this. There's been a lot of controversy about the ending. I'm not spoiling it. I'm not even coming close to spoiling it. But I think the way they leave the ending and the, the opinion, the open-ended opinion that they leave you with, is cause for discussion, and I think that's really nice, too. It does. There's, there's a certain morality. It's a morality play, is what this movie is, and they don't tell you which morality is right and which one is wrong. That's for you to talk about on the way out, and I think that's cool. Jessica Biel, I think, is quite good in this. I thought she was rather flat-faced for most of it, you know, dead-faced, but then that worked as the movie went on. And then I realized everybody in this movie is kind of dead-faced, which means you can't read anybody. Nobody's giving anything with their faces. It's a directorial choice, plus the smoking man is in it. The smoking man is the town sheriff, you know, from the X-Files. And this is really depressing because I was just, you know, getting the trailer off of YouTube. And one of the comments was, hey, the sheriff is that guy. I think he used to be on that really old show, the X-Files. He was the cigar man. And I just put my head down on the desk and I cried a little tear for, for me. For the young ones. But mostly for me. Because I'm old. But you're old, too, because you know who the smoking man is. But are we talking about the smoking man? No, we're talking about the tall man. The other thing that's come up a lot, I see a lot of people are saying that it's it's based on the Slender Man legends. Now, up until Tony from Huntington brought up the little free game video game download called Slender, 
I never heard of the Slenderman legend. I didn't even know it was, was a legend until about 10 minutes ago when I saw all these arguments online about that this was a Slenderman ripoff. And the Slenderman, I see, I see where they're getting it from because the Slenderman is a creepy, tall figure who he usually kidnaps children, never to be seen again. And yeah, I would have to say they derived something from the Slender Man legends, but like I said, this movie does not take you where you think it's going to take you. So I'd have to say no, it is not a ripoff of the Slender Man. I think they, yeah, they were inspired by it, but it was just a jumping off point because you end up in a really, <laughs> it was the diving board, but you end up in a really weird part of the pool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you end up in the piranha section of the pool <laughs> when the and, and the piranhas do pee in the pool. So it's pee and piranhas. Pee and piranhas, the Patrick Walsh story, next on Lifetime. Anyway, I really enjoyed The Tall Man. I would love to hear discussion about it, maybe not right away, because it is really spoiler-sensitive. So don't base it on what you saw in the trailer. Go see it, because I told you to. And I control your thoughts. And your bowel movements, but I'm not supposed to tell you that. Okay, thanks. Awkward. Don't want no short, short man. 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 Eeny, weeny, teeny, weeny, shriveled little short, short man. Don't Hey, Patrick, this is Trey. Hello, you Trey. You on the last um, podcast that you were going to talk about detention. Oh, yeah. I yes. just watched it this weekend, so I had to call in because <laughs> that movie's a pile of shit. Thank I you. I fucking hated it. Me too. Going in, I heard it was really offbeat, very hard to categorize. I heard some elements about it. And for the first five minutes, I was actually really entertained. It had a lot of really neat editing tricks. Um, you know, running a little Scott Pilgrim, I was like, okay, this is be kind of fun and then the character started talking yeah and after about 10 minutes i was just waiting for the plot to kick in and waiting and then and I realized, it never does that's all this movie has this movie is uh, looks good a bunch of really great editing tricks and some neat concepts mm-hmm. and nothing else characters yep. in this are all assholes thank you they're either complete idiots or they're just the snottiest teenagers huh? and this movie more than anything i've seen in a long time made me feel old this is why people hate teenagers. Yeah, the movie, pretty much. They were just idiots. They were hateful. They were really pleased with themselves, really snotty and snide, and I couldn't get on any of their sides. No, me either. And it didn't have a plot. There was absolutely no plot, and it wasn't funny. I figured no, well, the comedy, you know, comedy's not really plot-heavy, but I never laughed. It was just weirdness for weirdness' sake. It was like the writers had watched a big mashup of Repo Man and Buckaroo Banzai and Scott Pilgrim and just threw it all out. And Hot Top Time Machine. I feel like I was watching a trauma movie, but without any of the kind of charm or nudity or really bad special effects in the trauma film. There was nothing to it. It was not really a horror movie. No. It's just, it's it's weirdness for weirdness' sake. If you like that, great. I'm not a big fan of that stuff, so I really, really hated it. And I just Uh felt like this was a movie made for teenagers, but by teenagers. It was smug. It was pleased with itself. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck out of me. So detention. I know. No, not not at all. Not not even on a dare. <laughs> anyway, I'm really interested to hear what you have to say about it. Talk to you later. Bye. Oh. 
You see, Trey, this is why I know that if we ever actually meet in person, we will actually, we will, we will either, you know, fall in familial fraternal love forever and ever like long lost siblings or we will kill each other on the spot because we are too much alike on the inside and that's where it counts i hated every second of this movie too and you brought up several good points that it just was really 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 pleased with itself and that was kind of the problem one of the many problems and uh it angers me that it's billing itself as a horror movie because it's not yeah there is a, a psycho killer in it sometimes and then they forget about it for huge periods of time, and then it pops up, literally. Blah! Gore! Blah! And who cares? These characters don't seem to care if they die. I don't care if they die. Who cares about anything? And just listening to the trailer, playback, you know, when your best joke is, who taught you how to make a snuff film? Lady Gaga? Which I don't get. It's like you said Lady Gaga, just said Lady Gaga, and there was a lot of that. Like, for instance, also in the trailer, he's like, this is the word, this is just almost as stupid as that movie Torque, which is a movie that nobody saw, and the only reason it's in there is because it's from the same director. Yeah. And it's in your trailer. That's your selling point. That's what you think is a really funny joke. So, so Trey, I hope you got in the line when we were banging Tommy for this, and if not, bang him again. You have my permission. He really deserves it. Hey, Patrick, or Mr. Queens, if you're nasty. Um, yes. My name is Edward. Uh, we talked a couple times, or chatted back and forth a couple times on Facebook, and I saw oh, that hi, you yes. had put up for Outcast for us all to give your opinions on. Yes, so we did the homework. This is Yay. my thoughts on Outcast. Um, okay. I'm currently between glamorousness, so... What? I had to try to find an inexpensive way of finding of watching the movie. Uh-huh. I managed to find a free version of it online, uh-huh. but it was okay, with Romanian that. subtitles. Oh, well, that's festive. And this was all while my roommate was watching Jeff Dunham on the TV. So <laughs> admittedly, a little bit of it took a while for me to fully get into the movie. Um, um, yeah, that would be a little weird. I, I will say, in general, I liked it. Yeah. Uh, I, it was a reasonably good movie. The... The acting on the part of the mother, especially, I thought was really good. I really mm-hmm. liked her part. I kind of like um, Toma. <laughs> As a matter of fact, that's actually one of my little pet peeves. Um, I had to write down some notes. but Oh, good boy. I, I do have a couple little problems with the movie. Okay. In general, like I said, good. It's better than watching The Wicker Man or <gasps> um, Tower of Blood, which... If anyone left him in Tower of Blood, stabbed him in the eye and told him no, 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 because, wow, is that a bad movie? You better get the Nicolas um, Cage. They're not in this call right now. One of the things that got me was, first of all, seeing Fergal naked and getting ready to touch himself or whatever. Yeah. Because I I got the impression that he's supposed to be kind of school age. Yeah. Since she's supposed to be school age. And so even if the actor is old enough, he's playing a part that's not old enough, and I just found it really quickly to be thinking of seeing his... Winkle? It it just was unpleasant. Okay. Although this also leads to a later little pet peeve of mine that Uh pops up in movies. When he transforms into the beast... That's a spoiler. I apologize. But if anyone didn't see that coming a mile away... It doesn't matter. I'm not sure that they know how to operate the computer well enough to get a podcast. Hush. Um, 
when he transforms, you get to see ah! a pathetic mile-long dong attached to the beast. And I'm just curious, who is it who thought that humongo dongs are something that we really need to, the prosthetic humongo dogs especially, are something that we need to be seeing in the background. I, I noticed it in a Serbian film. I, there's another movie I saw. Re- no! Oh! No! Edward! 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 Clearly the Scream Queen's tribe has spoken. Because not only do you have a problem with the Wicker Man, clearly you have a problem with humongous dongs. And I'm sorry, in this group, that makes you the minority. Whether we're real or prosthetic, a humongous dong is a humongous dong. And should be on camera. God damn it. Do not censor my dongs. Or my dings, for that matter. But wow, so not only are you a first-time caller, you're a first-time loser. Aww. But wait, I see you called back. So let's see if you can redeem yourself. You're treading on thin ice, baby. In fact, you're in the yellow. Well, hey, Patrick. This is Edward again. Edward. And I realize that you apparently have the the um, lumbar screening um, <gasps> thing. Cut me off after just a little while. Really quickly, sorry. Um, okay, prosthetic penises, yes. Um, another thing that bothered me is just how it kind of left a couple things dangling out there, like... Like what happens Alex? to Toma? What happens to Toma's mother? What happened to the goddamn dog? Because she went walking with the dog. She came back by herself. Unless there's some sort of scene that I blink I through where she uses it in some weird Scottish gypsy thing. What happened to the goddamn dog? I, I'm just curious. Um, that pretty much is... The, the main thoughts, I mean, I went through more, but I'm afraid of being hung up on again. <laughs> so, uh-huh. um, it, it did manage to succeed in getting me past Jeff Dunham and Romanian <laughs> subtitles and a cat trying to play such. Okay. It, it got me past all of that stuff and sucked me in towards the end. Um, okay, good. But... No There's just a couple little problems that I would have preferred to Or see big fixed. problems. Um, <laughs> and I really want to know what happened to the goddamn dog. That's, it that's probably died. The dog always dies. And as I said before, if you have someone who, like, recommends Tower of Blood, have them in the eye, there's only, like, 15 minutes worth of movie there huh? and an hour and a half of walking. Ooh. It, there, there's more walking in that movie than there was in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, hey, that's it, a lot it, of walking. It's a horrible movie. Okay. Although, the masturbator guy is kind of cute. What? And oddly enough, he's the only one who appears to have gone on to any sort of further career. What? But that's neither here nor there. I hope you're having a very good day, and I guess... what was? Um, keep screaming. <laughs> Thank you. All right, first of all, that was perhaps the worst scream that has ever come out of my mouth... If I was screaming for my life, I, and that came out, I would completely understand if everybody was laughing too hard to actually rescue me. So, there. Um, yeah, I'm glad I, you enjoyed the movie, I think. Now, when I give homework assignments, it might not necessarily be a great movie, Betty, Durwood, Primal. <laughs> but uh, there's a reason for me doing so. It's just something that I thought was under the radar and deserved to get 
a little recognition because I hadn't heard anything about it and I thought it was fun and had some interesting ideas. Yeah, it was predictable, like I told you, but they buried a lot of what was going on well enough confusing you with the magic and stuff so that, you know, by the time you got there, you're like, ah, I knew we were going to get here. I just didn't know how. And if you don't like Dong, well, I don't even know why you're listening. Okay. And by Dong, I mean Long Duck Dong from 16 Candles. No more Yankee my wanky. The Donger needs food. Okay, when I'm doing Asian stereotype voice impersonations it is time for me to wrap this motherfucking puppy up for another week so let's go back to the live show and finish out or whatever the hell we're doing i don't know what we're doing just leave me alone i'm tired yeah so that's it for the voicemail this episode now i know some of you still have voicemails in the inbox please don't panic betty derwood i'll get to your vhs soon okay Here's the thing. I might be having a very special guest ne- next episode who has some very interesting opinions on BHS. So I figure I'll just box that all together and, and wait for that. And some of you guys, I know, are, uh, have been sending a lot. So I'm just kind of bulked up on you at the moment. So I don't want to like expose listeners to Zombart levels of you at this time. So we could just space them out a little bit and that will all be good too. And some of you, I'm afraid things might have disappeared in the shuffle with the voicemail going up and down. I don't know. It seemed like I had a lot more voicemails once and now they're gone. Maybe I'm just super efficient. I don't know. Just be patient. We're all walking... We're all working through this together. That much said, if you want to be like all these super awesome people who have called in and who called in and are waiting patiently for the voicemails to be played, by all means, give me a call. Add yourself to the kitty. What a weird expression. Anyway, just call at 347-767-3509 or you can send me an email at crew at screamqueens.com and that's queens with a Z. You can like me on Facebook, you can follow me on Twitter, and you can... Just vote for me in the podcast awards. Head on over to podcastawards.com. Vote for Scream Queens for the best GLBT podcast. Fill in that URL, which I just gave you. And also, do a brother a favor and vote for the Hysteria Continues for best movies and TV podcast. You have the instructions? Please do it. You have until October 15th. Make magic happen. Because I know you can. So next time, like I said, we're going to be catching up on VHS. And I have a whole lot of things in my, uh, uh, that I was going to do as quickies, but there's so many of them. Good Lord, lots of DVD, uh, direct-to-DVD stuff, and plus, there are new releases coming out this week. Bradford and I just saw Hotel Transylvania. We might talk about that. Uh, I have free screenings coming up of both Sinister and Paranormal Activity 4. Plus, I got to tell you what happened when Bradford and I ran the fabulous race through Manhattan yesterday. It's kind of like the amazing race, but fabulous. And oh boy, there are stories to tell. So until next time, kids, continue to make the world a creepier place. And remember, as my grandmama used to say, Sometimes you feel like a nut. And sometimes you feel like a 12-inch long. Bye. I go hunting for witches. Some of the music for tonight's program has been provided by Mavio's Music Service. Check them out at music.mavio.com. Bitches! <laughs>